You are listening to a Hippily Horror Stories Patreon bonus preview. If you like what you're hearing, stick around to the end to find out how you can get more. Hey guys, welcome to episode 1329 of Hillbilly Shorts. I am all by my lonesome today, and I've got a couple of Kentucky stories for you. Let's jump right into it. This one comes from Hardin County, Kentucky. It's from Penny Vance, and uh, it was towed to Bev Vance in Hodgenville in 1970. This is called The Haunted Nun in Hardin County. So there's an old building seven miles outside of Elizabethtown, they used to be an all-girls school taught by nuns. The name of the school was Bethel Academy. It's been abandoned for 50 or 60 years. The place is very far from any houses and farms. So in the first years of the school, the girls had to live there during the school period. So this gives information that this was quite a large structure. The building is three stories high with the assembly room on the top floor and also an organ and other musical instruments. When the school was closed and abandoned for good, three nuns stayed in their quarters until they could get another job. Then it was winter, and in that time of the century, at night, there was not a whole lot to do. Therefore, every night, one of the nuns would go to the assembly room to play the organ for the enjoyment and practice. One night, while one of the girls was playing, the other two nuns heard a scream from the third floor. The blood-curdling scream terrified the other two so badly they would not go into the assembly room for anything. They told themselves that it would be wise not to go up there because there had been talk of a madman on the loose. The next day, they got the neighbors to come over and check the upstairs. When they reached the room, there lay the nun over the organ without her head and lying in a pool of blood. These days, the place is considered haunted by the nun. One thing that seems to be her ghost is that the trees in front of the academy have never had leaves on them since her death. Also, on a real windy and cloudy night, the ghost is supposed to be seen in the top window around the organ. Here's a quick one. This comes from Bev Vance, and it was told in psychology class at Western Kentucky University in 1970. This is uh, the unknown ghost of Davies County. There was an old house outside of Owensboro, Kentucky, owned by a very respectful family in the community. A few years back, the man decided to add on a new part to the old and tear down some of the old. After the expansion was done, the girl in the family still slept in the old part of the house. One night, she went to bed and everything was locked as usual. Later that night, the family heard screams coming from that room, but it was locked on the inside and they could not enter nor get her to come to the door. After a while, there was silence. The father and mother were scared for their daughter, but the next day the girl remembered nothing and also her door was opened when she got up. This was not the only incident that happened in that house. When the family moved furniture around in the old part of the house, then walked away, the furniture was always rearranged back to the way that it was to begin with. I'll tell you, these ghosts always love to move furniture. You would think they would want to take it easy in the afterlife, but no. They're always wanting to rearrange stuff, stuff that they can't even sit on. But anyways, I got one more quick one. This came from James Kelter and uh, from back in 1971. And this was at Western Kentucky University's library. It's called The Woman in White from Adair County. 
My two youngest brothers were spending the night at our neighbor's house, where everybody thought that it was haunted by the woman that used to live there. And this was before she died. They went in, and then this woman dressed in white walks in. She just stood there and looked them over, never said a word. She stayed there for about 15 minutes, then turns around and walks away. My brothers didn't say anything to each other about it. Finally, one of them was talking to our neighbor when he spoke up and said that he had seen the same thing as well. So, all right, guys, that wraps it up for today, and we will be back tomorrow. Hey, guys, welcome to episode 1330 of Hillbilly Shorts. Hello, everybody. So Tracy, we're continuing on with our Kentucky stories. Okay. And we're going to go with the Brown Hotel in downtown Louisville. Oh, yeah. Now, a little tidbit of trivia for you. If you're outside the area, you may not even get this at all, but um, if you've ever been to Kentucky, there is a dish that you can find at some restaurants called a hot brown. And it's delicious. It's basically a piece of bread and some turkey. Some ham. It's got ham on it, right? Mm-hmm. And some bacon, a tomato, slice of tomato, and then a bunch of melted cheese on top. Dude, it's the bomb. It's so good. But it's it's literally like a staple of Kentucky. And it is was, that why it's named after? It was invented at, by a chef at the Brown Hotel. Oh, I didn't know Which that. is why it's called a hot brown. I'll be dang. So. It's good. What do these things have in common? Oh. The hot brown sand, <laughs> the hot brown sandwich is created. Hollywood legend Victor Mature worked as an elevator operator. Al Joson gets a shiner in his first fist fight, and a bell captain catches a fish in the second floor lobby. This was during the 1937 Great Flood. Oh, I was going to say, how the heck do you catch a fish up there? Lily Pons, French-American operatic soprano and actress, lets her pet lion cub roam free in her suite. And there's more. World leaders and celebrities such as the Duke of Windsor, Harry S. Truman, Elizabeth Taylor, Robert Young, Joan Crawford, Muhammad Ali, Jimmy Carter, George H. Bush, and Barack Obama rested their famous heads. Oh, nice. There should have been enough clues for any Louisvillian to know the answer. It all happened at the corner of 4th Street and Broadway at the Brown Hotel, where Georgian Revival elegance greets guests with a timeless Southern charm. Oh, and there's a ghost, too. So There has to be a ghost. We'll get to that. Built by prosperous Louisville businessman J. Graham Brown, the Brown Hotel began greeting guests on October 25, 1923, only 10 months after construction began. That's hard to believe. No doubt. The first person to sign the guest register was David Lloyd George, former Prime Minister of Great Britain. The 16-story concrete and steel hotel has 293 rooms and was built in the Georgian Revival style. Faced in brick and trimmed in stone and terracotta, the interior design is primarily of the English Renaissance style, with Adams period detail. Not the Adams family, because that would be creepy. It would be. And how weird is it that somebody from Britain was the first one to sign the right the thing and nobody from here around here was? 
It's pretty, pretty interesting when you think about it. It's listed on the National Register of Historic Places and holds the coveted AAA Four Diamond rating. Along 4th Street, in the front of the hotel, there's a statue of Mr. Brown and his French poodle. You know, I didn't know that's who that was. I didn't either. I had no clue. <laughs> it's funny. But his poodle's name was Woosum. Woosum? Woosum. Hmm, that's different. For many years, the pair lived in a small suite on the 15th floor. Brown died in 1969. Many guests and members of his staff have reported hearing footsteps and the sounds of furniture being moved on the 15th floor when no one is there. The elevator frequently stops at this floor for no reason. Well, Mr. Brown probably has a reason. The scent of his cigar is still detected. It's a non-smoking facility. Mm -mm. Some have even claimed to have seen footprints appear in the dust in infrequently traversed storage rooms. One traveler added a tip on a travel guide website. Ask for the one room with the ghost. Well, oh. I mean, there's only one? I, yeah. Out of 200 and some rooms? He must just have one favorite room. says, I have stayed overnight there and greatly enjoyed the beautiful surroundings. I've also attended many conferences on the upper floors and felt a presence nearby as I sat in comfortable chairs and benches along the halls. I've lingered in empty rooms and in quiet rooms, and I've felt an overwhelming message that this is home. Give it a try and say hello to Woosom for me. Aww. So, anyways, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is, actually. And you can't go anywhere in Louisville without seeing J. Graham Brown somewhere. Oh, definitely. I mean, the Cancer so, City yeah. the, mm -hmm. uh, Center at the University of Louisville is named after him, and uh, bunch of other stuff has got his name on it around does, yes. so he obviously was a very popular and uh, a very generous man yeah, from my giving. understanding so all right guys that wraps it up for today we appreciate it thank you